Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Please welcome Drew Barrymore. I guess you just go with it. But thank you for compelling me to do the lasso and the hula hoop. Um, Thank you so much for coming. We have an awesome show. And I don't know if you could use some good news, but I think we always can, actually. Yes? Yes? Let's hit the headlines. Let's get right into it. Drew's News, your fresh and fluffy news waffle covered in that gooey good news syrup. And with me at the desk is the sweetest man in town, Rossi Ross Matthews. Hi, now I'm in a waffle. And the butter gets in the crevice, and I know. I know, sometimes like I, I want it really savory, so I like a lot of butter. Oh, please. Yeah, well, you know what the butter gets in the little, oh, let go my ego, girl. <laughs> That's mine. I know. Rossi, what day is it today? It's pop quiz. Hey! Pay attention, one member of our studio audience is gonna be put to the test. We're gonna ask you, you or you, three questions about today's show, and if you get it right, you're gonna take home $1,000. Yes, so get out your... Whatever it takes. Um, Sometimes I like to picture like a little spiral notebook and a number two pencil. Just a metaphor of the mind. In your mind, yeah, just be taking notes all day. Well, I'm very excited about this first story. Um, Okay, so check this out, you guys. There is a fascinating new documentary headed to Netflix on April 27th, and we have got an exclusive first look. The Evening Standard reports that the mystery of Marilyn Monroe, the unheard tapes, will explore Marilyn's final days and uncover new information. And they are using previously unheard audio recordings from people who knew her well. So take a listen and a look. To get to people with information about the night Marilyn died, it was difficult. Let it be. I can't say anything, and I knew it all. I did what you always have to do if you meet a dead end. I went back to the beginning. Okay. Obsessed already. 
I mean. Completely. Well, and then later this year, Netflix mm -hmm. is also releasing their highly anticipated biopic, Blonde, with Anna Diarmas, and she's playing Marilyn, and the movie just got some headlines because yeah. it got an NC-17 rating. Hi. <clears throat> I really wanted to watch it before, and now I'm like, I can't wait to watch it. Well, I have to say, I read the director's quote uh, in reaction to the kerfuffle of people going NC-17, and he said, and I quote, if the audience doesn't like it, that's the freaking audience's problem. I'm not running for public <laughs> office. <laughs> okay. And yet I'm like, oh, in these days, you can run for public office. Right, so yeah. So don't you worry about that. Mm -hmm. um, I am so excited. What does sort of intrigue me about the Marylands and the Elvises is, does it always have to get so tragic? Do we love that about them? Do they have to reach those points? Is there anyone that we sort of accolade that is a healthy human being? I don't know. But these figures, they just are larger than life, and I, I want to kind of understand how they felt and what they went through and what is it like to be that adored. It, clearly, it's not an easy space to live in. Yeah, and with these tapes of her, maybe we'll get some of those answers. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Next up, now, okay, I need to hear your take on this one. BuzzFeed News reports in a new interview with the incredible Andrew Garfield. He is like a walking jawline. He is goals, goals. <laughs> well, he admitted in a very, he's very uncomfortable, he said, when one of his friends makes a bad movie, right? He says it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's hard to know what to say because you run into them and you didn't love their movies. And so he, what he says, he tells him is, well, you really did that. <laughs> I think it's so funny. I think, mean, because have you had a friend, not maybe make a movie, but do something that wasn't like a hundred? And like, what do you say? And I'm like, look at you. Yeah, what do you do, Rossi? Well, I have a rule. I call it, um, it's a short haircut or tattoo rule, where like, it's too late for me to do anything. Like, my friend has a really short, terrible haircut or got a tattoo that's terrible. There's nothing I can do to fix it. So I just say, well, are, are you happy? Do you love it? Oh. But if you ask me first, should I get this haircut? Should I get this tattoo? I will give you the truth. Smart, smart, Ross. Thank I like you. it. you. You can you can steal it. Use it. Short haircut tattoo. Hey, um, we got to talk about one of your favorites, Jose Andres, this incredible chef. You all know who this is. Well, his group, World Central Kitchen. They've been doing amazing work on the ground in Ukraine, feeding people since the very start of the war. And now People reports their sandwich line uh, in Lviv is pumping out 10,000 sandwiches a day. Think about that. Do the math. Two slices of bread, that's 20,000 slices of bread. And World Central Kitchen has served over four million meals to Ukrainians so far. And to support their incredible work, we encourage you, if you can, Go to our website for more information. But we just wanted to shout out that amazing work that Chef Jose Andres is doing. Yeah, and um, I am going to make a $500,000 donation to World Central Kitchen, and I'm hoping that if somebody can help me match it, that we can raise a million dollars. Oh my God, dude. Wow. So, wow, 500000 Yep, go to our website. doing and please let's raise money because he is working in Ukraine but he is working everywhere he is front and center he does not waste time he shows up I want to do everything I can to support him
Wow, Drew, that's so... So go to our website, a dollar, anything. It will all make a difference. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Thank you, Jose. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome back to Drew's News. Ross and I recently got the privilege to meet a remarkable and incredible group of women. It's as, you know, amazing as it gets. They just made history as the first women ever to be in the pit crew at the Daytona 500. Take a look. Please welcome Brianna O'Leary, Brie Daniels, and Delanda Wendino. Hi. Hi. We're so excited to meet you. Brie, you broke a barrier. You are the first black woman to change tires in NASCAR. Is that true? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Yes. (laughs) How fast can you do it, and how did you get so good at it? I would say I'm pretty fast. Um, One tire is coming off in less than a second, if not, you know, a second, you know, at the most. And a whole pit stop is done between like 11 and 13 seconds max. Wow, so cool. And Brianna, with Brie, you guys, you both made history as the first female duo to ever pit in the Daytona 500. Isn't that right? Yeah, that was us. That's amazing. Look at that. I do. How did it feel? It was, it was really empowering just because me and Brianna came into the program together. You know, essentially from day one, me and her were together learning everything. So to see the, the fruits of our labor in such a big stage of the Daytona 500 was just like so empowering and so much fun. And, and we just couldn't believe it. And so we just tried to enjoy it the best we could. Now, Delonda, you were a soccer champion and now the first woman um, from outside of the U.S. to pit. Is that true? Yes, yes, that's true. Well, I played the soccer. Where were you you playing soccer? Uh, Paris Saint-Germain in France for PSG. And then I got recruited to play D1 in the U.S. uh, for the University of Miami. I mean, uh, can I ask each and every one of you, why you got into what you got into and what makes you happy about it. Brie, why did you get into this and what does it feed you? To be honest, I was playing uh, basketball at Norfolk State University and I've learned that, you know, once I joined the sport, you know, not too many of us are, are doing it, you know, not too many women. And, you know, I'm just saying that 
somebody has to set the tone, you know, to be that example for other women to want to be able to join a sport, you know, with very, um, barely any women in there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thanks to you, you are changing that. Love that. Brianna, why did you get into this and what does it feed you? This opportunity from the Drive for Diversity program happened to come by my university and it was it was kind of like a why not, you know, it wasn't, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I just thought, why not? And it turns out in the whole like grand scheme of things, probably the most rewarding part of all of it is, is getting to hear that, you know, I'm an inspiration or that little girls now know that they can go change tires if they want to. And so that's definitely been the coolest part of all of oh, it. And look at that picture of you in the crowd on the rail, just like soaking it in. Yeah. And Delonda, yeah. why did you decide to do this and how does it feed you? Uh, I just wanted to have fun. I joined NASCAR just to see what was around. It was a, a new experience. I was like, why not? And just going to bed at night, knowing that you're a badass, is just so gratifying. <laughs> yes, it does! come here and tell your stories and we can see you and hear you and celebrate you as we do. Thank you so much. I mean, it really, it just doesn't get any more incredible than them. That was such a thrill to get to to meet them here. It really was. Thank you guys so much for being on the show and we will be right back with Judd Apatow. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. with hits like The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, King of Staten Island, Trainwreck, you name it. I want to get into all of that with him. His latest film is on Netflix right now. It's called The Bubble. And he also just penned this incredible follow-up to the New York Times best-selling book, Sick in the Head, with Sicker in the Head, More Conversations About Life and Comedy. This is my copy. This is the actual cover. Mine is, like, heavily annotated because I've been... uh, reading it with such passion. Please welcome the one and only Judd Apatow. Okay, we go back a really long way. Like, long, long way. The first time I ever directed, I directed Drew. The first time, maybe the first scene I've ever dire- I ever directed. Um, uh, the Larry Sanders show. That was a very scary day for me because I never even was sure I wanted to be a director. And one day Gary just walked into my office and went, "You're doing the next one," 
And Why do you think he said that? What did he see in you? I just think he thought I'd be good at it. And then he sent me, uh, you know, into war with you and Jeffrey Tambor and Rip Torn. Oh know. my God, who is kind of notoriously difficult. He, he, he was uh, complicated. The first time I shot a scene with him, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, we're shooting this scene and I, I was just scared to say anything. I just thought, I'll get six takes from Rip and say nothing, I'll have enough. I'm not gonna tell him to do anything. And they do the first take and then he looks at the cinematographer and he goes like, what are you doing? You're shooting my ear! And the camera was like right in front of him. Like it didn't even make sense. <laughs> and, and then the guy's like, I'm right here, Rip. And he's like, I know the angles, I shoot skeet. <laughs> that, that's my first day of work. All right, so you get a bite of the apple. Yes. And is it like, that's it, you're in? Well, I did think, oh, I guess it's, I can do this. So I remember when you brought Baby Maud, you know, when you were doing rewrites on The Wedding Singer. Now you were roommates with Adam Sandler. Yes, yes I was. Um, <laughs> well, and we were like Adam fresh out of college. We lived together. Oh, there you go. I mean, come on. <laughs> Look at you! No! Well, I was getting, I, I was getting my headshots for stand-up comedy, and then Adam just jumped into the shot. Um, well, um, Tell me something only a yeah. roommate would know about Sandler. Well, um, you know, back then, you know, we didn't really have anything to do because we would just do stand-up at night. And so all day, every day, we had to kill the day. And Adam had a lot of energy to be funny. If you could imagine, like, he didn't have an outlet other than his, like, 15 minutes at night. And so he would be really funny with us all day. And so I remember once we went to... Red Lobster. Those commercials and, are such porn. Right? I mean, if that doesn't get you hot, yeah. that wet lemon squeezing, exactly. well lit. Yeah. Like, God, that creamy noodle being world. Exactly. <laughs> and back then you don't even think that anything's unhealthy, right? I used to have like two fettuccine Alfredos. I'd ask for a double. That's, a, that's how I ate at that age. Every night at like one in the morning in the improv, I would eat a double fettuccine Alfredo. You're, you are my kind <laughs> of guy. So we go to Red Lobster and it's just me and Adam alone eating there. And then Adam would try to humiliate me in spaces, you know, so if you were like in an elevator with Adam and other people, he would always like fart and go, Judd! <laughs> like, but all the time, like every time there was an elevator, you're like, I, I don't want to go in there with you. <laughs> And so we're, we're, we're eating dinner, and, and he, he, he like farts. <laughs> so he just and, rips. And it's a terrible one. And then he's like, Judd, we're at a fancy restaurant. And then I'm just like, I was just like so mad I'm eating. And then like 10 seconds later, a little kid, like a five-year-old just goes, Mommy, how come I can't smell it? <laughs> and then Adam cracks up like the biggest laugh ever runs out of the restaurant and just leaves me alone at the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I texted Sandler um, yeah. and he sent me three texts and I'm wondering, um, I need you to decode them, Chad. Okay. So we're gonna play, what is Sandler saying? Okay. <laughs> All right. He wrote, Treading water in a pool. 
Well, I think that means that, okay, we lived in this apartment, like a really bad apartment in, in North Hollywood, and every day Adam would, to, I guess this is what he thought exercise was, because he wanted to be in good shape, that he would tread water in the pool for long amounts of time and be like, this is good for your abs, and he would just sit there like treading water. <laughs> but for like really long, and, and then I remember, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I obviously would never, do it. The next text he sent me says, never worked out together. Never, no, I never worked out, ever. Okay, and then the next uh, text says, suntan bed burned tush. So then Adam would go get like, he would go to like a tanning booth. And so he went to a tanning booth and then one day he's like, you should get a tan, get a tan. I'm like, oh, maybe I, maybe I should get a tan. <laughs> so I did it, I, I don't know what, what I did wrong. So I'm in there in my underwear. I don't know if I positioned things wrong. I was sweating too much, but I feel like the tanning booth, like maybe my sweat boiled and just burned my, my butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, so your book, there's a stain on this book. Yes. I was with my daughters. We were in Hawaii and a yeah. cockroach ran into the room and my daughter started screaming. So I grabbed your book and just yeah. started killing it <laughs> with the book. I thought maybe you were either gonna be mad or think it was awesome. That's what it's there for, murder. <laughs> <laughs> I also like literally, I, I, I really had a hard time sort of choosing which chapter I loved the most, um, but I think it has to be the David Letterman. And this conversation with him was like something I had never heard. First of all, we all wanted to be like him. We were all inspired by how groundbreaking he was. I went to the, a taping of his show within the first three months when I was a kid. But now that he's not doing the show, you know, he's a little more available to talk to people and tell us how he's doing, what his life is like. Mm -hmm. And then we get a chance to, uh, to thank him. At the end of the interview, I, I said to him, I just want you to know that like, you changed so many of our lives and you inspired us so much. And, and he I, said. And, and he said, that's right, Judd, there'd be no comedy, comedy without, without me. me. You know? <laughs> well, um, I would love to get any juicy details, any fly on the wall moments, yes. any insights into like literally the films you put out there that have okay. helped like save us all and make us happier. Okay. Will you give it to us? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I wish I was joking, but I'm not. You all have to go back to your rooms. No! We had a positive test on set, and although I am forbidden from telling you who it was, let's just say it's the girl who gets your coffees in the morning. Um, her name's Wendy. That creepy PA? Yeah, apparently production were trying to be safe by just sending one person to get the coffees, when in fact that led to Wendy touching about 
80 coffee cups this morning. We're going to die, man. We're going to die. No, we're not going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Is this how it always goes? No. We are back with the which he wrote, directed, produced, as you do everything. Out today. Out today! On Netflix! On Netflix! <laughs> um, you played my favorite game with me. Yes. We're playing behind the scenes! Okay. <laughs> okay. 40-year-old virgin. What? What's the inside thing? Everyone would be riffing, and Seth would be super hilarious, and Romney Malco, and Paul Rudd, and Jane Lynch, and everyone's like really funny. And the crew looked at us like we were crazy. Like they didn't get what the style was. And so the set was really quiet. It wasn't one of those sets where like the crew's like, you are nailing it. They, I think it was like Clint Eastwood's crew, and they were all used to doing like <laughs> one take. Right? So Clint does one take, he's like, that's good enough. And we would do like 20 takes and improvise for hours and it was all madness and they would just look at us like, this is not how you do it. All right, I just watched it again for the uh, 78th time, Knocked Up! Yes. <laughs> oh, it's the best movie ever! <laughs> Tell me something about it. About Knocked Up? Well, I mean, part of it was, uh, you know, when we, uh, we're about to have a, a baby. Uh, we were really looking for a doctor uh, who would guarantee that he would be there. Because you know, sometimes the doctor's like, and if I'm busy, you know, Chuck will show up. You know? <laughs> and we were like, we don't want Chuck. We don't know Chuck. We'd like to just have you do it. So can you promise that you're in town this month or so and you'll show up? And, and uh, the doctor's like, definitely, I'll definitely be there. And then you know, Leslie's water broke and we went to the doctor's office and the doctor said, no, that's not your water breaking. And then three hours later, she's in full labor. And then we call the office and go, okay, it's time. And they went, oh, the doctor just went to San Francisco to go to a bar mitzvah. <laughs> so I think he lied and said her water didn't break and we didn't have another doctor. So then we had to call a doctor that we didn't like that we met to just pick a doctor, and we called the one that we had rejected, and he showed up like, oh, now you want me? <laughs> and that's who Dr. Ken Jong was playing in the movie, you know, the angry doctor who showed up after being rejected. And as it was happening, it was such a nightmare, I just thought one day I just have to put this in a movie because it's so terrible. Uh, and then it all worked out. I'm so glad you did. I am so glad you did. <laughs> Sort of like, you know, Gen Z's Sex in the City, the mm. groundbreaking girls. The girls. Uh, well, I mean, the great thing about working on girls was Lena and just her writing. I knew that she was doing things that no one had ever done before, and I don't think she gets enough credit for really changing television. Yes, I, I mean, agree. It, it was so honest and so frank, and she went so deep. Uh, and, and I think if you look at what TV was before and after it, it, it had a dramatic effect on what people thought that they could do on these shows. And also to have you know, a, a woman as the writer, director, showrunner, star, it, there hasn't been a lot of that. There's been a lot more since, and I feel like she opened that door. I totally agree, well. I totally agree. Also, I'm so in love with Adam Driver. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like the world's biggest movie star, she discovered him. Trainwreck. Yes, yes. Trainwreck. Um, 
What about Trainwreck? Well, I mean, Trainwreck was amazing because I met Amy Schumer, and then we had a few conversations about relationships, and I would just say, like, well, what's going on with your relationships? What's going wrong? Maybe you should write about that. And then you know, she sent me, like, 40 pages two weeks later, and they were incredible. And most people, you ask them a question like that and say, write up some pages, and they just never talk to you ever again. You just don't. People don't deliver. And she worked so hard and wrote such a great, very honest uh, movie. And then, you know, we got LeBron James to do it, which was this hilarious thing. Huge. Because I think she wrote his name into the script almost as a joke. And did you think yeah. you would really get him? Yeah, you don't, like, think he's going to do it. And then he just happened to, you know, be hysterical. And he worked with Bill Hader on Saturday Night Live. And then he showed up, and we shot all this stuff in a week. And for that week, he just had to hang out with us all day, every day. Okay, the king of Staten Island. Yeah. Is, is Pete Davidson as like adorable and crushworthy as like all the women on the planet feel that he is? Well, I like suddenly I'm, I, I'm getting the whole Tom Green thing right now. I understand how it happens, <laughs> right? That, in that era, he was the Pete Davidson, Adam Driver of the era. He was a pioneer. He did something before anybody else did. He did uh, almost everything before everybody else did. He I did agree. the first like internet talk show. Since Candid Camera, there was nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. But is Pete Davidson like, is he just so delightful and wonderful? And I feel like he's just got everyone on his side. Well, you know, he was really brave to, to sit down and write his story. Yeah. I mean, it's a fictional story, but it's based on all the emotions he has about, and the uh, about losing his and father and, and grief. And that's what I found most impressive about him. Because there was never a moment where he said, like, let's not talk about that. That's, that goes too far. That's too personal. He really wanted to share. And by knowing Pete, I got to know all the firefighters and the firefighters who worked with his father. And that was really the best part of making the movie, was just to be in that community. Judd, I just thank you so much for everything that you put out there. Uh, the thank you. <laughs> When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great-tasting, high-quality organic dairy ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. So we invited our Drew Crew expert, um, Damona Hoffman, to come back to the show and give us some first date guidance. Uh, this is a uh, love bug. <laughs> okay, well, we heard from a viewer who really wanted your help in the first date department. So let's take a look at this clip. Hi, Drew. My name's Rachel. I live in Linwood, Washington, and I'm 46 years old. I have a son that's 17, and this fall he'll be heading off to college. 
I've been divorced for about 10 years and I am very interested in prioritizing dating. I have recently lost over 120 pounds and I am very excited to meet new people. My hope is that Demona can help me with advice on how to take on my next first date. First dates are first impressions and it always counts. I could really use some advice. Could you help me? Welcome, someone I totally relate to, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Um, okay, Rachel, what scares you the most about a first date? Well, I would say what worries me most or possibly scares me is if uh, a man hasn't been completely honest on his profile. Mm -hmm. And of course, the guy that's too aggressive. Demona. What are your general tips for those particular anxieties or first dates in general? Well, I, I do want to acknowledge those things are definite red flags, so you got to look out for those, those uh, things that make you feel uncomfortable. That's always your first guiding, uh, first thing to guide you through the date. I want you to also prepare for the dates a little bit and to remember how important body language is. So don't be afraid, you got this new body, you lost 120 pounds. It's amazing, amazing. You look so beautiful, thank you. Yeah, so, so live in your body, use it, use your body language. And then you've gotta prepare for the date. So I want you, I'm gonna give you a little homework, I want you to create a curiosity list the next time that you have a date. Things that you're just curious to know about them and also prepare for the questions you will inevitably get, which are, what do you like to do for fun? Uh, what are you looking for? Why are you divorced? Which you are not obligated to answer. So have a coy, fun comment at the ready when you get that question, because you inevitably will. And then what do you think the ideal length of a date, first date is? Well, actually that is one of my questions. How long should a first date last? About an hour. And I want you to think of it like this. You want the energy to feel like it is ending on a high point, it's ending in the middle. So most people will remember the beginning of a date and the end of a date. But if the end of the date is like, we went for three hours, we had dinner, we ran out of things to talk about, that's what you'll remember and that's what he'll remember. So even if you're having a great time, I know it's very hard, we have to just hold back a little bit and end the date feeling like it's in the middle and you'll probably get an invitation for the next one. Rachel, I think you have another question, last question for Demona I'd love for you to ask. Oh yes, I do. Now, if there is no chemistry and the guy's quite a gentleman, should I go on a second date? Oh yeah, why not? Why, why not? I mean, if on a first date, most people are not really themselves anyway. If you're still curious by the end of the first date to know more about him, go on the second date. If you're still curious by the end of the second date, go on a third. I have a three date rule. If by the end of the third date, you're not feeling anything, then you can let it go, but you've, you've given it your best shot. I'll give you, like to remember this, I'll give you a little, little phrase. Drew loves my little zingers. <laughs> Sparks in three or let it be. <laughs> so, I like that'll, that. That'll keep you motivated. Sparks in three or, or let, let it be. be. <laughs> Rachel, how does this feel? Great, I really appreciate your vibes very much. It's my pleasure, I'm here to help. Thank you to Rachel 
Demona for being so vulnerable with us and thank you to Demona for all of her wise words. We all need good relationship advice, no matter what. Thank you, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. a New Yorker in real life. She's played all the best New Yorkers on the big and small screens. A dancing bartender in Coyote Ugly, Mr. Big's second wife, Natasha, in Sex in the City, and currently the assistant district attorney on Blue Bloods. Take a look. Vivian and Sophia, okay? Everything's fine, Eric. You can tell me anything. You know that, right? I also know that we were going to set better boundaries after you stalked me with Yelena Popoff. I did not stalk you. Oh, no? Then why'd you apologize for it a couple of days after? Anthony. Now, if you'll excuse me, I got to hit the can, which I wouldn't normally mention, but it'll save you some stalking. loved you in so many different iterations and films and movies and characters, but gosh, let's kick it off with Natasha. I mean, Sex in the City. Uh, you're so incredible as Natasha. It's like, how did you approach playing her? What was it like filming it? Just give me the goods. Okay, so I remember going on the set and thinking, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. This huge set, it's like in motion. I had to just jump in like double judge and hope to God I didn't trip and fall and get fired all in one day. But it it, it worked out. I mean, it clearly out. it worked out. You <laughs> became an iconic representation. And then there's, and just like that, and Natasha returns. Um, what was that like? Oh boy, was I thrilled to get that phone call and be asked back. Um, and you know, I, I there was one scene where Natasha was up in a window and she's looking down and Carrie and the girls are looking up. And I have to say there was a bunch of takes where I was a fan and I'm just watching them and I'm like, oh my God, the shoes, oh my God, the dresses, oh my God, they're back, this is so exciting. And I kind of think I really needed that for my soul after two years of being in COVID and sweatpants and just kind of sloughing around. And I needed that fashion and that color and that pizzazz again. It really made me feel so good. I kind of feel that way about you too. Every single day you show up in the most amazing outfits, prints, vests, everything. You're like a, you're like a daily sex in the city fashionista. So thank you.
Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Bridget. <laughs> I, 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 I take that uh, as such a compliment. So thank you, I appreciate that. Um, now, is it true that your son finally watched Coyote Ugly and oh. you're in the room? How did that go? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was the anniversary, 20th anniversary maybe of, of um, Coyote Ugly. And he saw me dancing on the bar in those sassy leather pants that wrapped up the crotch. And he, Mom, you are so wild. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that's just the script. <laughs> um, okay, well, this season of Blue Bloods, I'm so excited to announce and discuss. You are directing. Yes. You always think like one day when I'm when I'm ready, I would love to do this. I think I grew into it. I think that people always encouraged me um, because of whatever that they saw in me to do it. And over the years we've really had a few women come through um, from different departments and earn their wings in the directing you know, portion of it. And I've watched them go up through the ranks and they've always suggested, always supported me. And so I finally got the opportunity. And I had, I mean, I, I just almost started crying when I saw that photo. I had such an incredible um, experience and it feels really, it feels really great to take on this new challenge and go to this next level and this next step. And it's a first. And I just, I, I just turned 50 and Hot. it just feels really good to be doing something new and have a new challenge in this next, you know, decade. Congratulations on that truly. Thank you. Like may we all find the courage to take it higher. And Thank everybody, you. be sure to watch Blue Bloods Fridays at 10 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Bridget, thank you so much. We'll thank be right you. back. Thank you. Member Sedoni Francis. Hello. What a great name. Right? Sedoni! Oh. You want to play? Hi. Hi, look at you. Spring has sprung. Yes, you know, had to get out that seasonal depression. <laughs> I know, it's true. Color changes everything, it really elevates the mood. Sedoni, I hope you've been paying attention all show long. I hope I have too. All right. <laughs> We're gonna ask you some questions about today's show, and if you okay. get all three right, you're gonna win a thousand dollars. Okay. All right. Good luck to you. Thank you. Good luck to you. Okay. <laughs> first question: Netflix's upcoming biopic *Blonde* is about what famous actress? Marilyn Monroe. That's right. That's right. So don't, one down. 
Oh, you gotta get the next two right. Here's question number okay. two. Judd Apatow was just on, he, and he said he was once roommates with one of Drew's frequent co-stars. Who was? Oh, I know it? this one. Adam Sandler. That's right. I know this one. That's right. Yeah. Get in here. Get in here. Okay. okay. As we get nervous, we get closer together. No, I'm getting nervous too because I'm moving and I really want that thousand dollars to buy a new couch. Okay. So. Oh, I want you to win so bad. Okay. All you need to do is answer this final question right. Are you ready? Okay. Right. Who did Bridget Monahan play in Sex in the City? Oh my God. Um, Natasha. Natasha. Take second one. I never watched Sex in the City because I was too young when it aired, so my mom didn't let me watch it. Not a bad idea to not watch it as a kid, but I will say you should <laughs> sit down on your new couch and binge it yeah. from the beginning. Thank you. Also, I'm gonna match it with a thousand dollar gift card to, like, let's say CB2. Uh, True. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> that's happening. My chest. <laughs> Good luck in Thank your new you apartment. So Sit on that fabulous new CB2 I will. couch. I love CB2. Enjoy that cash mm -hmm. and definitely binge Sex in the City. I will. Yeah. I'm going to watch when I go home. Thank you, everybody, so much for choosing to spend your time with us. We make this show for you, so just take it with you. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.